Well, hello, everyone, and welcome to Alzheimer Speaks Radio. I'm Lori LeBay, and I'm the host and founder of Alzheimer Speaks. Before we get going on our show today, I always like to let people know a little bit about us because uh, we always get new listeners. So for those of you that are new to us, um, Alzheimer Speaks is an advocacy-based company providing multiple platforms to shift our dementia care from crisis to comfort worldwide. We believe that by joining forces and sharing knowledge and just having these everyday conversations like we do here on Alzheimer Speaks Radio, that we're going to be able to remove the stigmas attached to memory loss and help those living with this disease continue to live with purpose. Together, we can get the true needs um, by listening to all those affected and all those concerned. At our core, we believe collaboration is the only way we're going to win this battle, and we know it's working because of all your likes and clicks and shares with your Facebook friends, your LinkedIn colleagues, your Twitter tribe, um, your Pinterest groups. Um, It's had a huge impact. In fact, Alzheimer Speaks was named the number one influencer online regarding Alzheimer's, according to ShareCare and Dr. Oz. And we can't thank you enough for that because we know there are people in your circles that are probably dealing with this disease that have never mentioned it to you. And the more information we can put out in front of them, the more likely they're going to grab it when the time is right for them. And as we all know, timing is very, very critical. So, um, again, just want to thank you all for sharing. And as you're listening, if you don't mind, pushing these shows out um, to your circles is greatly appreciated uh, from all of us here at Alzheimer's Speaks. I also want to uh, let you know that we, we love to interview everybody. So, If you are diagnosed and living with dementia, we'd love to hear your voice. If you're a family member who has cared for somebody or is currently caring, maybe you are a business owner, maybe you've written a book, a song, um, a play, um, done research, everybody's voice is welcome here. So just reach out to me, and I would be glad to have you um, on the show to tell your story and to improve other people's lives. Now, before I introduce our first guest here, I always like to do a shout-out to a couple of organizations. And so first I want to shout-out to the Purple Angel Program. Um, Norms McNamara started this. It's just an incredible program, which is basically a free symbol that people can use to help raise awareness. You can go to alzheimerspeaks.com and go to our initiatives and projects tab, and you'll find more information on that. Uh, You just have to click that you want more information, and I can send that to you. Again, there's no cost, takes very little time, and it's all about utilizing this symbol in maybe it's your email signature, maybe it's your Facebook page, whatever. Um, If you're a business, maybe it's your marketing. But the goal is really just to get people to ask, what the heck is that graphic? What is that a picture (laughs) of, and why is it there? And it opens the door for you to be able to have a a nice, um, comfortable conversation about dementia. The other organization I'm going to give a shout-out to today is um, Alzheimer's Disease International. They are the 
um, organization of all Alzheimer's associations around the world. And so there you can find who's closest to you. You can get uh, global information and research. Um, It's just a fantastic resource uh, for you to be able to tap into. Last, I just want to um, give a shout-out to a new company, or it's new to me anyways, and it's called Go Fresh Books. And, you know, for all of us, time is really of the essence. And for most entrepreneurs and small business owners, as well as people personally, life is just really fast-paced and in short uh, supply. And there's always tons to do and not enough time to get things done. And so the good news is is that our friends over at FreshBooks um, can feel your pain, and they've created something to really help you reclaim some of that precious time. So FreshBooks is just a super simple, simple invoicing solution. So if you are, like I said, an entrepreneur, a small business owner, it's just an ideal way for you to be able to create and, and send out slick, professional-looking invoices in seconds. And it doesn't just do invoicing. That's just kind of where it begins. It also um, helps you manage your expenses and stay on top of those that you owe money to and uh, tracks those that that, uh, owe you money as well. So check them out. Again, um, FreshBooks uh, has a mobile app as well to help you keep up with things. And um, if you want to get a free 30-day trial, just go to FreshBooks.com. Uh, or gofreshbooks.com slash alive. That's gofreshbooks.com slash alive. So this afternoon here, we are going to be talking with a wonderful woman. In fact, I met her at an event, and we we talked about doing a show for quite a while, and uh, as things happened, things fell by the wayside, and then we reconnected again. Um, Anne uh, Tabot is a uh, communication relations manager with Walker Methodist Health Center, and she became a delirium educa- uh, educator and kind of activist um, when she joined uh, Walker Methodist, and she learned that her mother had experienced delirium a year earlier. Um, and so many times this, um, this symptom is um, misdiagnosed and misidentified. And so she's going to really explain, you know, her background, how she, how she dealt with this, how she's grown to become so passionate about telling people about delirium. And um, so I know it's going to be a really interesting conversation. Her background is advertising and communication. And so I know we're going to have a really lively conversation. <laughs> so welcome, Anne. How are you today? I'm fine, and thank you so much for having me here today, Lori. Well, good. Um, now, I had mentioned that your, your mom had delirium. Did she have dementia? No. She had um, normal pressure hydrocephalus, another term I had never heard of at the time. Uh, one of the reasons I became a delirium education activist is there's so much you don't know as you enter the world of aging, and you don't know which books to buy on it because you don't even know what the terms mean. Mm -hmm. So in mom's case, she um, became acutely confused following um, being put on the wrong medicine after her surgery for normal pressure hydrocephalus. And I can still remember taking her down to dinner at her senior living that first night and her whispering, Anne, where am I? She had no idea where she was. Mm. But I didn't know she was delirious because I'd never heard of delirium at that time. Sure. So can you tell people what exactly is delirium? 
This is so easy. Delirium is short-term reversible confusion. It's simply confusion, and it is reversible. Um, One of the reasons I'm a delirium education activist, so designated, is people start to think that dementia and delirium are the same things. Delirium is reversible. Dementia is slow and progressive. And the phrase that was put to me by a doctor was adult children would come and say, wow, mom's dementia really got worse when she was in the hospital. Or after mom fell, she was so much, her dementia got worse. It doesn't do that. Dementia, as you know, Lori, is slow and progressive. If there's a sudden change in behavior or cognition, that's delirium. Okay. Well, that's, that's great to know. Now, I know like UTIs can also cause, you know, some uh, confusion and indifference in behavior. Um, and, and those are definitely different pieces there. Um, what do you suggest for someone in order to check out these symptoms? The best person to diagnose and treat delirium is probably the family doctor. And you're right, Lori, that a big cause of delirium is a UTI. And most people mm-hmm. in uh, healthcare will immediately suspect delirium if there's a, a UTI. And I'm going to tell you that's a urinary tract infection. Because if you've been in, in healthcare long enough, you start going to the abbreviations. Yep. And if I say TCU, I'm talking transitional care unit better known as rehab. Great. Thank you for clarifying that because I'm usually pretty good at not doing that, but I, I did, you know, and... Um, I swore I, I wouldn't do it when I started working at Walker, and I do. Yeah, it, well, it's, it's really easy to do, and I know, you know, my I remember when my mom had a UTI, and they were like, oh, you know, she, she's got a urinary tract infection, and I'm like, no way, no way. She is, she is being overdosed. She's being drugged. I mean, she had all these symptoms, and then, and they're like, no... That's not what it is. I was shocked. I was just totally shocked. Can you tell people some of the symptoms that that you've seen and how they're exhibited? As a family member, you're not going to diagnose a urinary tract infection, and you're probably not going to diagnose dehydration, and you're probably not going to know that a medication is causing it. The doctor is going to need to do the diagnosis, and the doctor is going to need to treat it. What you as a family member are going to be invaluable is observing and noticing it. Delirium is essentially changes in behavior and cognition that come on suddenly. The doctor doesn't know at what level of cognition your parent is. You do. You know if you come over to your mother's house and she doesn't suddenly doesn't remember where the can opener is, but she's always known before. Um, you may say, okay, this is, this is not like her. You take her into the doctor, he will say, this confusion came on suddenly, we'll test her for a UTI, or we'll check her for dehydration and see what's causing it. The good news about delirium is it's treatable. You can put people on flu- additional fluids, You can an antibiotic. Once you clear up the cause of it, it'll go away on its own. You don't take medications for delirium. Okay. And some people might even think, you know, with something like that, did they have a stroke? I mean, because as family, our minds just kind of go crazy, wondering what the heck is going on. The nice thing about delirium is you're not treated for it. It's going to go away on its own. So you don't make a mistake having a delirium Mm -hmm. diagnosis. 
Um, but there's other things that can be mistaken for dementia or delirium, uh, changes in vision, changes in hearing. I know people that work in the world of hearing loss and in the world of vision loss will have similar experiences where somebody assumes dementia or they'd assume dementia has gotten worse or they've taken a certain advancement in the disease when it's something else that's not really going on. Mm -hmm. So it may be delirium, which is reversible. It may be uh, vision or hearing, which can be correctable. Yeah. But it's important to pay attention to changes in behavior and, and get them into the right, uh, the right professional. Exactly. And one thing to know, people with dementia have a much higher chance of having delirium than people without dementia. Um, they don't know why that is. That's just a st- statistic that is out there. Um, losing my train of thought here. Uh, but it's the family members that will be able to observe the change. Okay. And and once somebody gets delirium, it's not like the chicken pox where you're only supposed to get it once. Um, you, can, you can get it more than once. Correct? I can speak to that. Uh, my mother fell three months ago and um, was dehydrated and delirious. Only this time I knew what it was. Um, and I was able to put her in adult day for a week to bring up her fluids. And she went back to her home and she's fine now. But she still has a tendency to become dehydrated. She still has a tendency to have a UTI. And every time she has those, um, her likelihood of having delirium is right there, too. But the doctors have told me the number one cause of delirium is medication, being put on the wrong medication. So that's why you need to get into the doctor to get off the medications that are causing the confusion. Do you ever <clears throat> recommend families to go to their pharmacist to see if there's counter-actions? Uh, I don't, but <laughs> uh, just based as a family member, not mm-hmm. somebody that has, I don't have any medical background at all. I don't think that's a bad idea. The pharmacist has the list of total medications or should have unless somebody's pharmacy shopping, but um, they are a good source. Yeah, because I, I, I know that there, there are actual evaluations and, you know, they, which I, did, I wasn't aware of until um, <clears throat> one of my uh, experts on dementia chats who has dementia was a pharmacist. And he said, I used to evaluate people's medications all the time. He says, because we have much more knowledge than typically the doctors do on all the effects of these medications and stuff. And so, you know, that's another source. Again, you know, before you pull anybody off, you want to talk to your doctor, though, but you can go in with that report if that's something that's helpful, you know, to you. That is a good point. Um, The doctor that designed our delirium TCU, transitional care unit at Walker Methodist, uh, deliberately had medication, looking at medications carefully uh, to get people off that. And one of the thrusts of this particular TCU is to use other interventions for anxiety like aromatherapy or music and memory rather than drugs in order to get people off of drugs that might be causing the delirium. Mm-hmm. So reducing medications or eliminating uh, causes of the confusion that are medical mm-hmm. are part of it. Well, and you had mentioned about just dehydration. A lot of times people forget that you know, when we don't drink enough water, we can get dehydrated. And especially with um, a lot of seniors, sometimes they can be worried if they drink too much, they have to go to the bathroom and, you know, more often and, you know, worried about not getting there in time, you know, can be an issue for people that it really is critical to get them drinking, get them on a schedule 
um, to be able to avoid without accidents, hopefully, and <clears throat> and things, but that that can really throw people off balance. I would imagine loss of sleep and things like that, too, can, can affect somebody. Well, assume that you have... Now, in my mother's case, she doesn't have dementia. She mm-hmm. has short-term memory loss, so I have Post-it notes all over her apartment, drink fluids, drink fluids, drink fluids. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but uh, some of it is just... Um, knowing what's going on. This is reversible. This will go away. So if somebody is dehydrated, once they become hydrated, Mm -hmm. they're going to be back at the baseline. Um, And it is hard with people with dementia to remember to drink fluids Mm -hmm. if memory is one of their problems. Mm -hmm. So, Okay. Um, Now, you know, we talked about people with dementia are kind of at greater risk, but they're not the only ones. So who else, you know, could get delirium? That's a very good question. Um, Older people have a higher risk of delirium. People with dementia have a higher risk of delirium. In my mother's case, she was not, did not have dementia. She was put on a medicine for dementia, Namenda, that caused her to be very confused. I didn't know what was going on, and my daughter, who was staying with her at the time, said, I think it's the medicine. So we went back to her primary physician, who didn't had not prescribed that, and he took her off of that. Mm-hmm. So in that case, this is a, somebody that did not have dementia, that was begin, given a de, uh, dementia medicine, and that was causing delirium. So... The good news about delirium, I'm going to repeat this over and over, it's reversible. It's correctable. This is not a diagnosis. It can be scary because when you see somebody you love suddenly acting erratically, not behaving, you know, having hallucinations or um, being extremely confused, not knowing where they're at, it's it's frightening. Yeah, my mom had gotten to the point with hers where... Um, we saw those signs exhibited, and then she got to the point where she couldn't even hold her head up, you know, and she was, you know, she, she was just was so out of it, and it was really, really spooky, really, really spooky, and then it was, boom, you know, we'll get it, they got it corrected, I mean, it was just amazing, almost in 24 hours, the change that occurred with her, you know. Well, I think it's interesting that the word, de- delirium's not something new. Mm-hmm. Uh, the word comes from the Greek meaning off the track or out of the furrow. And that's how people tend to describe it. They seem, they'll say, they're sort of off track. They're not, they're not them, they're themselves, exactly themselves. And um, the idea is to get people back on track. And that may be not where you want them to be, but it's where they were before they had this episode. Yep. Which is great because a lot of times with dementia, you know, they can kind of go off the pier and not be able to come back and stuff. And so I think sometimes families get so afraid that they don't want to go in and they think it'll take care of itself. And, you know, from what I'm hearing from you is like, no, get them in (laughs) right away. Absolutely. I would have been looking at memory care, long-term memory care for mom had I not known, not taken her into the doctor, because at that point I'd never heard of delirium. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that you need to know how to diagnose or treat delirium. You just need to know how to recognize it. And that's something every family member should have in their lexicon of words to know as you go into the aging process. Anyone can have this. A stroke victim can have this. 
it's scary enough. I've been in the hospital for a hip replacement myself. It's scary enough to come out of surgery, be somewhat groggy and confused, and be in a situation that you don't like. If you have any degree of confusion going into that, it's even more scary. I mean, nobody likes being in the hospital. Nobody likes being in a situation where they don't know what's going to happen next. So if there's something going on in your brain that's causing this, it's very frightening. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, have you heard, or, or I'll, I'll ask you for your mom in particular, when she was going through an episode of delirium, was she aware of it at all? Did she recognize any of the, the changes in herself? Not really, except that she knew she couldn't remember anything, and she'd say, wow, my memory is just shot. Mm-hmm. Um, she repeated herself a lot. Um, and she, to this day, she has no memory whatsoever mm-hmm. of anything that went on at that time. Um, in mom's case, <laughs> this is kind of unfair to my mother when she sat at dinner and go, where am I? Mm-hmm. She had never lived in that independent living senior place before, which incidentally she calls the old, old folks home, <laughs> <laughs> even though it's independent senior living, as she points out, do you see any young people here? <laughs> <laughs> But she fell and broke her hip the day she signed the lease on it. So she was um, admitted to uh, the hospital and then had to rehab following the hip replacement while she still had normal pressure hydrocephalus and confusion related to that. And uh, that whole situation I now call medical purgatory because you couldn't step forward and you couldn't go backward. And it was very confusing. Mm-hmm. But the day she moved into the apartment, she still was delirious. She had just had the surgery, and she'd never been there before in her life. So to say welcome home was misleading at best. <laughs> <laughs> the poor woman. I call her the resume enhancer, actually. <laughs> well, you know, it's it's nice that you have learned so much through your mom's journey, you know, or, or through your journey with her and are willing to share it with others. You know, I think that's just so powerful, and you can hear in your voice and and see in your eyes the passion you have at getting people to understand and not be afraid, you know, of this, of this, uh, of delirium, you know. I agree, and I, I, when you say a journey, I do agree with that, because everybody's journey through the aging process, whether it's their parents or themselves, is very personal, and the experiences you pick up, the words you need to know, the situations you'll be in are all very individual and very unique. Um, I think the best tools you can have going through that are education and knowing what you're up against. Mm-hmm. Know as much as you can. You're, you, do, you may never experience delirium, but if you know it's out there, if you know that there's a reason your parent has suddenly become behaving differently it's so much easier to deal with things the more you know. Um, and when you want me to bore you on another topic, I can do go on to music and memory and what an amazing program that is for people with dementia. Okay. There's a lot of things that I wish I had known when mom went through this that I now know. Um, and I think your radio program is great for just letting family members and others know everybody's going to get a unique personal experience. And the more information you have, the better you are to deal with whatever gets handed to you. Very true. We, you know, here at Alzheimer's Speaks, we believe that every family deserves a toolkit. You know, that there isn't a magic bullet. There's not a one-size-fits-all for this disease. It, it really, it ebbs and it flows and it changes. 
and each individual diagnosed, each family, each care partner, each environment is it's different and it's constantly changing. So it's not just different once, it's different all the time. And so we really need we really need to be open to learning as much as we can. And then the next step, I believe, and I believe you believe this as well, is sharing what you've learned. You know, because that's the only way we can kind of give a hand up to the next guy is sharing our knowledge instead of letting them creep and crawl and sweat and stew like we did going through it. If we can alleviate that on somebody else's part, um, that's huge. I I tell people I would put flyers of deliriums and put them down from airplanes and litter the city with it if I thought it would help. But I'm learning from other people because they're having experiences I've never heard of. And I learned from that. I totally agree with share your experiences, learn as much as you can. It doesn't mean that it's going to be part of your journey, but you're going to know a lot more as you go through your journey with. Yeah. Well, and when you share, you learn from others, you know. So, again, it's just um, learning to to really be relationship based in your communication. And I I think and I think when you do that. You have a, a much better chance of, <laughs> my phone just talked to us and it was like turned off, I thought. So it was very strange. <laughs> I'm so happy it was your phone and not my phone, Lori. <laughs> so that was, that's pretty funny because all sound is off on it, but it is now formally turned off. So Siri is talking back to us. I guess she wants to join the conversation. Those admonishing phones, what would we do with them? <laughs> Well, that's pretty funny. Um, why don't Why don't we shift gears um, and and talk about the music and memory project that you're doing? I would love to. I I can go on for hours. So if you need to look pointedly at your watch at any time, Lori, please do. Okay. Um, music and memory was started by Dan Cohen on the East Coast about oh I'd say seven or eight years ago. Um, it is very simple too. Just like delirium is very simple. Music and memory is simply a personal playlist on an iPod shuffle. Dan Cohen's vision was to have everyone with dementia in the United States to have this personal playlist on an iPod shuffle. Um, It's very powerfully shown in the movie, uh, the documentary Alive Inside, which is on um, YouTube and um, Netflix, and Mm -hmm. it's free. Um, We're doing a showing at Walker Methodist if anybody wanted to come see it on April 5th, but it's, it's free to anyone. The beauty of this program, it's also free to anyone in the United States. You simply, if your parent has dementia, you buy an iPod shuffle, you put their favorite songs on it. Songs from mostly in their 20s, what they played at their wedding, their favorite hymns, what they like to dance to, what they played to at their high school proms and their dances. In the documentary Alive Inside, you see a man, um, Henry, become alive after listening to music. He's been lost in the mists of dementia for many years, and suddenly he starts talking and singing to the music. Um, the, the documentary explains what happens in someone's brain when they listen to music and how it changes them. At Walker Methodist, we're seeing a lot of people with anxiety, reducing anxiety without drugs, listening to music. Um, it's a marvelous program. If you have a, a family member with dementia, I tell people for Mother's Day, Father's Day, buy them an iPod shuffle, have your teenage kids talk to grandma and grandpa about um, what did they used to live and listen to, what are their favorite songs, put the playlist together. 
And even if they don't have dementia, even if they're 74 years old and they're in good health, this is a useful tool to have in your toolbox as you go forward on your journey. Um, I'm also telling people when you do your healthcare directive, put your favorite music in there, put your playlist in there. Um, our director of TR likes to joke that she doesn't want her husband picking out her playlist for her. <laughs> so um, it, it's another useful thing to know about when life hands you something you're not expecting. And it's, it's so simple and it's so easy just to have a shuffle with your favorite music on it. Well, you know, people underestimate the power of music, yet it's in pretty much everybody's life. You know, you're driving in the car, you're sitting at home, you know, um, we listen to music. And if we think about the power of music, how often it can um, trigger emotions in us, make us happy, make us sad, um, you know, whatever, you know, fill us with energy, whatever. Um, so many aspects of music are so critically uh, important to us, and yet... They're, they really enter us on an unconscious level. And I think this program just makes us be conscious of the power of music. Um, it was funny, yesterday my, my daughter sent me uh, some pictures. She had Googled something on the Internet, and, and my mom came up, you know, and she's like, Grandma's on the Internet, you know. And, and I said, <laughs> oh, yeah, I've seen her, you know, because we did some videos of her with music and stuff, too. I said, I've walked into large conferences with my mom on the screen, you know, and her video playing <laughs> in, in, in her reaction. And, um, you know, it, it's truly amazing, you know, what it does. If, if you haven't seen the movie Alive Inside, you need to do that. Um, it is, if you watch just a short clip, um, have a Kleenex by you because it is so powerful and you know, you'll cry, but there'll be tears of joy because it's just so powerful. If you're able to see the whole film, it is so incredible because it, it shows not just people with dementia, but depression, um, po let's see, uh, post-traumatic stress. Bipolar, yep. multiple sclerosis. Um, I've seen the movie about 10 times now, maybe 20. Um, we're taking it out in the community, too, and showing mm -hmm. it to people. And as I left to come over here, a volunteer from um, Wyzetta Community Church was downloading music for a music in memory, and they have brought that to their church now and are have, of making it available to their church members. Cool. So um, it's, I, I would just love to see it mushroom and go into every community. I know they're talking about dementia-friendly communities, and I think music and memory will be an important part of that. But it doesn't have to be a program. It doesn't have to be something you buy into. It's something that you can do for a family member. And if you don't want to spend the money, have your kids go through their sock drawers because they've abandoned their iPod shuffles and they've all got their music on their phones now. I would love to see the schools get behind um, and, and um, recycle the kids' old technology because they all have it and then donate it. And somehow get that work because, I mean, especially, you know, do that right around Christmas or right after when everyone's getting their new stuff. Um, it would be really powerful. But, you know, for my family, before um, before Alive Inside came out, we just saw the power of music. And um, we had a, um example where my mom was living where they had kind of a spa day. And she, you know, talked about just this beautiful day where there was music and hors d'oeuvres and a massage therapist and somebody did her nails and her hair and all these different pieces and um you know she was trying to tell us that everybody deserved a spa day at the voa that's where she lived <laughs> like it was a five-star hotel 
And what we took away from that was that we could each grab different pieces of that. We didn't have to have this big, huge event. So I always brought lotion to massage my mom's hands. My daughter always had fingernail polish. And my brothers would always play the music, you know, for her. And and Danielle and I did as well. But, um, you know, so we just had a little CD player. And we just pushed that and put on some Frank Sinatra for her. And she was just in heaven. I mean, it was just a beautiful thing to be able to see her engage. And so often I think um, people think that it has to be this big thing and that there has to be um, something to prove that you were together, some product at the end. And instead of just bringing some peace and happiness and, and you know, um, absorbing the joy and creating the joy um, will fill your heart more than walking away with a little ceramic project or something, you know, <laughs> or, or making a little birdhouse or, you know, coloring something or whatever it might be. And I, I think people have to get back to that core of what makes us happy. And that film really... Um, I mean, it just, I, I, I have not heard of anybody who it hasn't touched because uh, not only, the other, the other piece um, with this film that's really powerful is not only do you see the person change who puts on the headsets, but you see everybody around them change. Yes. Because their joy, it, 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 it's just kind of shocking and it just rolls off and all of a sudden everyone else is just Wow, look at Henry. Wow, look at so-and-so. And and people are doing and being who they are at their core. Um, and they've kind of been trapped inside that. They haven't had an outlet, and the music gives them an outlet, you know, to be who they are. That's funny you should say that, Lori, because I've seen the movies, the documentaries so many times that now I start looking at the audience instead of watching the movie. Mm-hmm. And I love to see the audience react to it. The very human connection of watching another person be joyful. It's it's contagious and it's wonderful. Yeah. And your other point about being in the schools, in the documentary, they show high school students coming in to work with uh, seniors with the music and memory program. And we've had um, two local high schools provide both volunteers and donated iPod shuffles to our music and memory program. Um, that's something that any community can do. If you're in a uh, a skilled nursing setting, and you don't have the money for the iPod shuffles, reach out to your local schools. Um, kids are looking for service learning projects. They're looking for community service projects. And the idea of fundraising or doing a drive for something is a skill they can use for the rest of their life. Yeah, looks good on the resume, too. It, it does. <laughs> <laughs> yes, we've both been there with that. Um, but mostly they get to connect to people through something that's a shared joy. Music is intergenerational Mm -hmm. and it's also transcends language too. So there's no language barrier with music. Yeah. Very good. Very good point. And, and I think that's one of those inhibitors, you know, especially when it comes to dementia, people aren't sure what to say. And sometimes it's like, just shut up. You don't have to say (laughs) anything. Just enjoy the moment. And, you know, we like, um, a person with dementia likes the same things that that we like. You know, we like to relax. We like to be comfortable. We like to be joyful. And so it's about, you know, the music and memories teaches us to look for that um, instead of just zipping by them and, and forgetting how important that is to all of us, you know, in our life. And, um, you know, I think it's great that Walker Methodist is, is taking on this program. Do you know how many... Um, 
How many communities are doing it now, you know, around the nation? I know that we have worked around the nation, no. Mm -hmm. In Minnesota, we were the first to bring it to the Twin Cities, and we have had several other organizations, individuals, for example, the church, um, come to us to see how to bring it to their communities. I would say there's 10 to 12 now that have Mm -hmm. music in memory. Um, I don't know for sure. Uh, We started an iPod shuffle drive and have had many, many wonderful contributors to our music and memory program. And we now have 170 iPod shuffles for our residents. Wow. So it's, and that's thanks to volunteers, to high school students, to people of uh, former residents, uh, families, all kinds of people. And And you've been doing it, what, a couple of years now? It's almost exactly two years today. It was March of 2016 when we started. Okay. Or 2014. Sorry. (laughs) I'm losing track. Um, We didn't say you had to add. One of my favorite (laughs) stories was this. We had a lady that came in and asked to have Lady Gaga put on her personal Uh playlist. And she was, I think, 96 or 97. And I said, that's a little unusual, but we can get Lady Gaga. And she said, well, you said it should relate to a happy memory, and I dressed as Lady Gaga for a Halloween party, and that's a very happy memory for me. Oh, what a hoot. So, what a so hoot. we had Lady Gaga on her playlist. Oh, too funny. Too funny. Um, can you share with us any maybe family stories of their reactions to seeing a loved one who's utilizing uh, Um, One that you could even see on the Twin Cities Public Television website is the story of Kitty. Mm -hmm. Um, I can mention Kitty because she agreed to go on Twin Cities Public Television and tell her story of her father, who in his last days, um, to make this him less anxious, Mm -hmm. and this is towards the, the Twin Cities Public Television was doing a special about late life. Mm -hmm. And Kitty's story was the use of music and memory with her father, who'd been in a polka band. And the part of her story that really stands out to me is when the songs would change on his shuffle, you could tell because his expression on his face would change. (laughs) And um, she lit up seeing her father listening to his polka music on his iPod shuffle. Mm -hmm. Um, I was at the photo shoot when we first introduced uh, music and memory to the residents at Walker. And we didn't, we didn't have a movie. We didn't know it was going to be like alive inside. We didn't know what we were going to get. And I was watching the people, this was in um, our memory care unit. And I would see people first, their their feet would start moving. Mm -hmm. They'd start dancing and tapping to the music. And then that withdrawn look would go away and mm-hmm. you'd get the sparkle and the engagement and you really saw the coming alive, the alive inside promise of the documentary. Um, I think the high school students that work with us and put the, uh, I, the headphones on people for the first time, it's more than a community service project. It's really connecting with people and it's really exciting for them. Uh, I, I, I can go on on this, this, there's so much good in this program, mm-hmm. and I love the non-pharmaceutical aspect of it. I love the people on our delirium TCU who listen to music. We had one man that was always exit-seeking until we put his country and western on, and he would just dance around and was happy as could be. Uh-huh. So 
it solves other problems. It solves problems for our staff. If somebody's unusually combative during personal cares, if they're listening to their music, they're much happier. Mm-hmm. Anything that's simple and makes people's lives easier really appeals to me. <laughs> well, and I think, um, you know, I think there's kind of a falsehood when it comes to dementia. I think people think that it has to be complicated. And it has to be, you know, just this in-depth training. And it, you know, and it really is, to me, about getting back to the simpler things in life and really figuring out what, what makes people joyful. You know, but we don't look for that. We're not trained to look for that. We're we're looking for the next nugget and the next thing to accomplish, and and we've really um, gotten away from from paying attention to what makes people happy. And so, to me, dementia is actually a huge gift um, to the world to tell us to slow down, take it a little slower. Um, you don't have to be all that. You just have to be. You know, you have to just be present with people. And, um, and then, you know, your heart just gets filled when, when you see somebody joyful, it's, you know, when someone's happy, like you said, it's contagious. So why would we not want to look for this and encourage this and and find ways to make people happy instead of, you know, like our good old politicians out there attacking one another, acting like they're 12, you know, (laughs) representing the country. It's, (laughs) It's kind of like, you know, lift people up instead of tearing them down and and um, just absorb their joy. Be appreciative of that calm. One of the best insights I got on dementia was visiting another memory care facility. And it was a beautiful first of spring day, sort of like that 60-degree day we had last week, that 55-degree day. And there was a woman sitting out on the balcony with advanced stage of dementia with the sun on her face, and you could see every pleasure receptor in her brain was firing. She mm-hmm. could not have been more happy. And I don't want to trade places with someone with dementia, but at that moment, I wouldn't have minded being her. She was as perfectly happy and content as a human being could be because she was 100% enjoying that sunshine. And I, I think what you're saying about you're, you're still yourself. You're yep. still you. Um I was doing uh, the fortune teller in our carnival last week, Mm -hmm. so I was reading palms, and everyone I do, I would point out that they probably had another 10 years of life, and they were going to have one more spouse. (laughs) And it didn't matter if somebody was 87 or 97 or 102, they all liked that idea of 10 more years of life and another spouse. (laughs) (laughs) Well, yeah, because it's about living life to to the fullest. It really is. And not not looking at winding down, but revving up. You know, we all everybody wants to go out on top. You know, and and stuff. When you were talking about uh, the woman with all the receptors going and that sense of joy, I remember my mom. <clears throat> one time we were at a picnic, and um, it was so funny because she was in her later stages, and her her teeth were really chipped and broken. And they came around with corn on the cob, and I thought there's no way she can eat that. And I asked her if I should, you know, cut the kernels off for her. And she looked at me like I was a crazy lady. (laughs) (laughs) And so I'm like, okay, here, you know, take the cob. And she sucked and nibbled on that corn. And she, as I watched her, she, she was in like some other zone. And she was so peaceful and so happy. And I just remember going... I, I want to be where she is right now <laughs> because she was just so enjoying that. And it's like, I don't know if she was back at the state fair when she was a little girl or, 
but it would wherever it was it was really safe and just full of abundance for her and just was I, I was just amazing I could have watched her all day you know and just think wow to be that content and that that happy, happy you know over a little piece of corn you know was just amazing and one that you know many like myself could have easily not even given her and and cut it and made her eat it with a spoon you know and and I would have taken all of that away from her you know so just like you said letting people be who they are you know if it's if it's a little messy who cares you know that's not the point uh, my mother was asking me the other day how old she was and I said well you're 91 oh you know, I think I'm tired of being an age. I'm just going to be me from here on out. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought, that's that's good wisdom. I think I could live by that one, too. That's a, that's great wisdom. Great wisdom. Well, listen, Anne, this has just been wonderful to have this conversation with you. Is there anything that you want to um, highlight again on Delirium for People and then also on on the music project, music and memories project? Um, I've probably hit on the, the delirium ad infinitum. Don't worry. It is short-term. It is reversible. You are the one that, that recognizes it, not the doctor. The doctor is the one that diagnoses it and treats it. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's just being off track and knowing, knowing that it's there. Being as educated as you can, listening to shows like Lori's, listening to other people's experiences, there is nothing, I've learned so much about living in the moment from all of these experiences of this moment is good and I own this moment. Yep. And um, this has been a real pleasure to be here today, Lori. Great. Now, if people are listening and maybe they have some iPods um, or technology they want to donate, how can they get a hold of you? Oh, you can find me easily. Just say the talker from Walker and everybody <laughs> knows who I am. Um we would love to have them at Walker Methodist Health Center, and people can certainly reach me there. My contact information, I think, is on your website, yep. and it's also on the Walker Methodist website. Um, let's say you're tuning in from Topeka. You don't have to come to Minneapolis. There will be a place near you where an iPod shuffle can be used. Put that, go, go visit someone at your local um, senior living. Go visit someone you know, someone you don't know that's lonely or is isolated and Make friends with them. Find out what their music is. Put it on an iPod Shuffle. You don't. Ha- we're not the only ones doing this, and we're not the only old people and aging people you know yeah. in the world. And it doesn't have to be a formal program. It can just be helping out a neighbor or a friend or somebody at church or whoever. Organize a program. Get mm-hmm. your church group or your your school group or somebody to have five or six people go. And, and this is not even a... An ongoing thing necessarily. Go talk to somebody, find out what their favorite music is, put it on an iPod shuffle. And if the 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 best thing that Walker does and that is good is to get the staff trained in using that as a an anxiety intervention or when to use it. That's a big part of it. But even if you don't have all those details, it's still a valuable thing to have. Wonderful. Well, thanks again for joining us today. I really appreciate your time and your expertise and your passion and keep up the great work. Um, you're, you're doing a great job and it was very fun to have you on the show today. I did warn you once you got me started talking, I wouldn't stop. Thank you, Lori. I did have a wonderful time. (laughs) Wonderful. Um, for, uh, for those of those, those of you listening, I wanted to bring up a, um, a deal that you can take, uh, take advantage of. 
Um, for our listeners here on Alzheimer's Speaks, um, you can uh, get a deal from Audible, which is offering a free audio book download with uh, a free 30-day trial to give you the opportunity to check out their services. And um, all you have to do is go to www.audibletrial.com forward slash and then social. And uh, you'll have over 180 titles to choose from. One uh, that I think is just a great book is Lean In by Sheryl Sandberg. Um, so go ahead and check that out again, www.audibletrial.com forward slash forward slash a social. Um, I also want to give a shout out to Apples to Apples, who is on a Live and Socials Network here on Monday at 2.30. Uh, Scott and Drew Applebaum are a father and son team who discuss sports, and they're just kind of fun to listen to. You can always find out if fathers knows best or not. You also might want to listen to Joan of Art, and she does a weekly podcast that investigates and celebrates people who make art. And so that would be a, a fun program to listen to as well. Our next show, um, we are going to be, um, we've got a couple of great guests that are going to be with us. So um, check that out. I'll be posting that here um, shortly. And then I want to mention that our last Dementia Chats talk, we talked about feelings and the fear of lack of funding and what that means to people living with the disease. And our, our next Dementia Chats will be March 8th, and everyone is welcome to attend that. And again, you can find out more about that or you can go and look at any of the uh, past uh, webinars we've done on Alzheimer's Speaks. Again, go to the initiations and um, initiatives and projects uh, page. Let's see. I want to also say if you're going to be in Houston, Texas, um, I'm going to be down there doing a, a preview and screening of the film His Neighbor Phil. And I'll be in the area from April 4th to 8th. And then I'll also be back down there in the Dallas-Fort Worth area um, between the 27th and the 29th of April. So would love to be able to meet you. It's always fun when people come out from around the world when I'm, when I'm traveling and uh, just to get to hear their stories and stuff. Also on the blog, um, there's an article I wrote called The Pain of Loss Still Hurts Two Years Later. Might be something that you want to check out. And you also may want to check out uh, the Caregiver Alert Center. Um, I'm going to be posting an article on that here shortly, and we'll be having some discounts available to you. But it's a great, uh, it's a great way to protect a loved one that may wander. Um, and they have the, the one for caregivers, they have one for kids, they have one for critters. Um, it's a pretty cool thing, and it uh, doesn't cost much money, um, but just, it, I think, gives you a lot of security with that. So again, um, until next time, have a great week, and um, be blessed. Bye now. Hi, this is Suzanne Newman, host of the Answers for Elders podcast and radio show. We are the North Star that guides you through the complicated journey of senior care with trusted experts in money, law, living solutions, and more. So join us on this station, your favorite podcast channel, or just go to AnswersForElders.com. Meet the Way Showers who will help your journey a lot easier.